Amen. Thank you, Shauna. Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity to glorify your God, magnify your name. And Lord, we magnify your name together tonight. And Lord Jesus, we honor you for your great mercy and salvation to us. And we, we, we offer the sacrifice of praise to you and the fruit of our lips to you continually. For everything that is in our life, we thank you for it. The good and the trouble and uh, the difficulties and the sickness and the health and all the rest, we give it all to you. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. We thank you for this, <clears throat> this time in which we live and that we have a, the opportunity to be your people in the world. You've given us our assignment. You've given us our time. So I pray that you would help us <clears throat> tonight to again think about and consider our responsibility to be obedient to you as you've directed us and commanded us. So we pause now while we're praying and we think about that one person perhaps that's on our heart or mind today <clears throat> that God has burdened you with. So Heavenly Father, we present these who are our uh, friends, our loved ones, whatever, whoever they are. We present them to you. We ask that your will would be done in their lives. We ask that Jesus Christ would be glorified in their lives. We pray that they might be willing to be saved and follow you in obedience. And we pray that you might be close to them tonight in whatever circumstances they find themselves and may they find a way to trust you in whatever they're going through. Praise you for it. And as we said, glorify your name. We ask now that you would take your word and that you would apply it in our hearts that we might truly understand what it is you have for us as we seek to be obedient children and obedient followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your word. As Levi has mentioned to us tonight already and encouraged us, your word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And how we thank you for the Holy Spirit of God to teach us from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you uh, don't have a copy of the outline, you might want to pick that up tonight. We're continuing to think together about a call to Christian obedience. And uh, we're looking again tonight, if you'll find your place in Matthew 22, those of you who are joining us online, uh, we're glad that you're with us. May the Lord bless you. And uh, we're delighted to have you. We miss you. We look forward to the day when you're able to be back with us. And, uh, but in the meantime, this is how we do it. And so we will rejoice in that. So I want us to read in Matthew chapter 22, <clears throat> beginning in verse uh, number 34. But when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and the and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. And then if you'll take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter number 10... We have a different account of 
the Lord speaking with a lawyer who was coming this time asking about how to inherit eternal life. And so in uh, Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 25, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law and how does it read to you? And he answered, uh, Luke 10, 27, And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But wishing to justify himself, he said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance a priest was going down on that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. He put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend when I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do the same. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word and may the Holy Spirit be our teacher tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Our focus tonight is this, that Christians obey God as they love their neighbor as themselves. Christians obey God as they love their neighbor as themselves. Now, we saw back in Matthew 22 that the foremost commandment, the supreme act of obedience in the Christian life is to love God. And uh, we spent a lot of time last week talking about loving God. We could spend a number of weeks talking about the importance of loving God. That is our first act of obedience. It is the supreme act in the Christian life to love God. And we're to love God as the Lord Jesus uh, here uh, says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And we talked about this in detail. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. This is the greatest commandment toward our neighbor, just like the greatest commandment toward God is to love God. Now we love our neighbor as ourselves. We hear these words often, and I know those of you who are here tonight, many of you who listen to me, we, we've heard these words, many of us, since we were little children. But there is nothing that assures us more than the love of God for us. There's nothing that warms our heart. There's nothing that brings encouragement to us in the depths of our troubles and trials. Why, speaking with people as I have all this week, all today, who have all kinds of things going on, difficulties in their life, they're all who are believers and follow the Lord Jesus. They know and truly understand that in the midst of all they're going through, they have the, there is a great love that is shown to them by God. And they 
rejoice in the love of God regardless of their circumstances. To be loved by God. We love because He first loved us. It's the way John talked about it. So this matter of loving others is very important, and I'm just simply going to say, as the Lord, loving our neighbor, uh, nothing is more assuring to us than to experience the love of a brother in Christ or sister in Christ for us. Think about it. The law of God and the prophets stand, as the Lord says here. He says the, the, the two commandments depend all the law and all the prophets, the entirety of the Old Testament depends upon loving God, the act of love, loving God and loving your neighbor as you love yourself. So tonight we have some penetrating work to do. We'll see how far we get, how long we get along here. I have a number of things I want to say about this. And uh, so if, if you have the outline, I hope you do. <laughs> There are 16 various things I'm going to mention to you and then some make some applications so we'll see how we do on our time. <clears throat> the giving of the uh, story of the Good Samaritan, as it's called, in Luke, uh, in Luke chapter 10 is a reminder uh, which of the three proved to be a neighbor. That's the question, verse 36. And then the answer was the one who showed mercy. Showing mercy is an act of love for your neighbor. So we have this constant challenge in our lives with dealing with our own indwelling sin. We're, still, we're saved. We have a new nature, but we still have the remains of our old sinful nature. <clears throat> you know the best way to kill sin in your life? Love your neighbor as yourself. We'll say it again. You know how to crucify and mortify your flesh, as Paul calls it. You, want, you know how to kill flesh? You know how to kill sin? Love your neighbor as yourself. That means a lot of things. There's a whole lot involved in that. So I make some general observations here at the beginning, and then I'm going to just allow us to do a little bit of survey work tonight. <clears throat> Because I think you need to see linked together all of the wonderful truths about loving our neighbor that John the Apostle, our, one of our spiritual fathers, uh, who's given us the Word of God because he received it from the Lord Jesus directly. Uh, we're going to follow along through John's Gospel, and, and at the end there we'll uh, perhaps see a few things from Paul. But primarily tonight we look at John and what John has learned from the Lord Jesus, and He's now giving it to us. Well, the priority of loving our neighbor is essential to obedience. If you tonight say, well, I'm an obedient Christian, well, then I'm going to ask you, how are you doing in loving your neighbor? This challenge to love our neighbor is a very important matter, and also to define loving our neighbor and what it's like, because this is agapeo. This is that way of loving like God loves. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the priority is, this, this is the command. It is like the Ten Commandments. Uh, the Ten Words. They have the words first that show us our responsibility to God in obedience, and then the words 
that we have in our responsibility to others. In fact, you can say it this way. All of those elements in the law of God that have to do with our relationship with God, having no God before me, why? Because I love God. Because I love God, I'm not going to have any gods before the true God. I'm not going to make idols. I'm not going to worship and serve the creature or the creation rather than God because I love God. I'm not going to steal because I love my neighbor. I'm not going to commit adultery because I love my neighbor. I'm not going to lie about somebody else because I love my neighbor. I'm not going to covet the things my neighbor has because I love my neighbor. This becomes essential in the Christian life. Every believer must individually love their neighbor. You shall. You. Me. We, you shall. When I read this, I'm not reading it for you. I'm reading it for me. I'm hearing the Lord Jesus say to me, Mike, you shall love your neighbor. And you can put your own name in there. Every believer is individually responsible to obey God by loving their neighbor. You are not being obedient to God if you do not love your neighbor. I'm trying to stress this. Obedience is not just a concept. Obedience is action. It is what we do. The priority of loving our neighbor is essential to obedience to God, and every believer must individually love their neighbor and Christian love for neighbor is measured by love for self. We take care of ourselves. We nurture ourselves. We, we pamper ourselves. We look out for ourselves. Yes, I understand there are people who are troubled and, and uh, harm themselves. But I'm not talking about that, nor is the Word of God. We're talking about the natural, the most natural thing in life is for you and I to take care of ourselves. We Love ourselves. There is self-love, but there is a general and an important uh, way that God has made us to take care of ourselves. Little children learn how to love themselves in this appropriate, right way. When we think about how we love ourselves in the way of caring and looking, you know, taking care of ourselves, watching our health and thinking about our mental conditions and looking at ourselves and evaluating and looking for the ways we, we, we want to care for ourselves and take care of ourselves, we think about how that applies to our neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. So the best way to do that is to go to the Lord's words that we call sometimes the golden rule, but it is the best way to describe this. How do we do this? How do we love others as we love ourselves, well, the Lord's way of saying it was, in everything, in everything, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Again, on these two commands depend the whole law and the prophets. When our Lord gives us these words and couples them together, it becomes very important for us. So tonight I ask you, as you now as I've begun to talk about this tonight, you have people who come to your mind, your neighbors. Your neighbors, not just the ones who live around you, but all of those people, strangers and friends alike, enemies and friends alike, 
fellow believers in Jesus Christ, all our neighbors. All our neighbors. How are you doing in treating people the same way you want to be treated? There are a lot of people complaining today about how they're treated. But how do they treat others? We see the, the follower of Jesus starts by treating others the way they, they want to be treated first, not waiting for somebody to treat them that way. That's the silliness that sometimes even goes on, sadly, in church. No, we're a group of people who gather in this place and we're to treat each other the same way we wish to be treated. And that is at the foundation of love for neighbor as you love yourself. The Lord also spoke about something very, very important, which is so hard for us. If you want to kill your flesh, love your enemy neighbor. You see, the Lord doesn't say, if you have enemies. I should turn to this because it's very important. The Lord's words in His teachings to His disciples, to us, in Matthew 5, He says very clearly, but I say to you, love your enemies. The implication is you have enemies. Some of them are personal enemies. Some of them are enemies of the world and the world system. The evil one himself is our enemy. We're not called to love the devil, but we have these others who are caught in the world system, lost in their sin, who hate God and therefore hate His people. They're enemies to the church. They're enemies to the Lord Jesus Christ. They do not wish us well. They do not want to see anything go. They see nothing good about the church, nor the Word of God, nor our time of worship and what we do. They're enemies of the cross. Love your neighbors, and your neighbor includes your enemy neighbor. Love your neighbors, love your, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute, persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who's in heaven, for He causes His Son to Rise on the evil and the good and sins reign on the righteous and the unrighteous. Today the sun rose on the wicked and the righteous. That's how good God is. The righteous didn't just get the light. He graciously, in His great general love for the world, He provides these things around us in nature. He provides them. And if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Don't even tax collectors do the same. If you greet only your brothers, what uh, more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. Therefore, you're to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, I believe that his challenge about this being mature, completely mature, those who are mature love their enemies. Do you love your enemies? So we love our enemies. We pray for those who persecute us. We love enemies who live in uh, godlessness. And there's a reward for us from the Lord as we love like He loved. The Lord loved His enemies. The Lord Jesus loved His enemies. He is our example for how we must love others. If I am to obey God, if you tonight say, I am an obedient Christian, then I ask you tonight to, to evaluate, do you love your enemies? Those who despitefully use you. 
those who take advantage of you, those who may abuse you, those who may treat you harshly or speak of you harshly, who attack you, do you steal from you, take from you, hate you for whatever the cost, do you love your enemies? Well, Christians are known for their love for brothers and sisters in Christ. Now we go through and see some of the things John has to say. We're just doing an overview, then we'll try to apply this in a few minutes. Christians are known for their love for their brethren. So in, in, in to keep us all from having to turn to these, these are all in 1 John. Like I said, I've just put these together like, um, like some beautiful pearls on a string here. So what does loving our neighbor look like? Well, first John, John gives us in his first letter some very good thoughts. First of all, Christians are known for their love for their brethren. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. You want to know the difference between the children of the devil, the lost, and the children of God, the saved? Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not from God. And one of the acts of righteousness is this. You love your neighbor. You love your neighbor. Nor the one who does not love his brother. Now this comes into the church house. Now this comes in here among the family of God. John had to spend a lot of time talking about this matter because sadly in the church there's, there's this challenge of loving one another. We love our little group of friends. We huddle with, we pray with, they think like us, talk like us. We're happy with them. But here, First Baptist Church is a large group of people who gather from all over the region who come here to be a part of this church. Do you love the brothers and sisters who make up this church? You love them even though they're not just like you. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Here's the obvious way you can find out if somebody's saved. Are you ready for this? How much they know of the Bible. No, no, no. No, it's not your knowledge of the Word of God that makes you a Christian. It is your love for God's people that demonstrates you're saved. The Lord Jesus' message to His people is to love one another. 1 John 3.11, For this is the message which we have heard from the beginning. What did they do? Oh, these brothers fighting about who's the greatest even at the table of the Lord. At the Passover, there before the dreaded cross and our Lord's time in Gethsemane. Fighting over who was the greatest. Scrambling for position trying to maneuver each other and a betrayer among them all. And this is the message we've heard from the beginning. This is the message you must hear from the beginning. Sadly, some of you, if you didn't hear it when you first were saved, now you can hear it. This is the message we share from the beginning, that we should love one another. That's right. We should love one another. This is our responsibility. This is our assignment from the Lord. Within, with the pressure of the world all around us, with the difficulties we face from enemies, we need the love of one another for each other. So, 
the Lord Jesus' message to his people uh, is to love one another. The Lord's saying this to you tonight. If you say you're a follower of the Lord Jesus, that means when you say, Lord, you obey what he says. He says, this is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Assurance of salvation is given to those. So people say, well, I, just don't, I wonder sometimes if I'm saved. Well, we know that we've passed out of death into life because we have a different response. You see, the way you, here's the way you live when you're lost. I hate people. I destroy people. I attack people. I steal from people. I take advantage of people. No, when you get saved, something changes in the way you treat people. This is very important for the day in which we live. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. No one can love a saint as a saint, but he that is a real saint. We are God's people. And one of the great marks of assurance is that in my heart, as a saved man, there is a love for enemy neighbors and brothers and sisters in Christ neighbors, those who are in the family of God. And my lost friends who don't know Jesus, though they're not brethren. Christian love for our neighbor is sacrificing our life for our brethren. So it's an interesting verse to remember, 1 John 3.16. What is 1 John 3.16? Not John 3.16. 1 John 3.16 is this. We know love by this, that He, the Lord Jesus Christ, laid His life down for us, and we ought, we ought, we should, we ought. Do you hear the language? We ought to... Lay down our lives for the brethren. Oh, I've done enough to help that person. Have you? Have you died for that person? Oh, I can't do any more. I've had enough. Why have you had enough? Who told you you've had enough? I can't do any more. What, what, are you trying to change them into your own image and your idea? You see, this is our obligation. Our obligation is to recognize that real love for the neighbor is sacrificing myself, my time, my money, my efforts for the brethren without limits, without my own restrictions. Christian love sees the need of the brethren and helps them, but whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Little children, let us not love with word. Oh, I love you, man. <laughs> Do you? I love you, man. Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in what we do and in honesty and truth. Christian love... Uh, for one another, we, we, Christians love one another because we know God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 
Everyone who loves is born of God. Remember, this is agapeo, sacrificial kind of love, not a friend love. This is that kind of love that only can be found in knowing Jesus Christ. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God, and the one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Because God loves us, we love Him, and we love others. Christian love, Christians love because they are not only they know God, but they're loved by God. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. We ought. We should. Do you hear the line? This is our responsibility to obey God. No one, Christians experience love from God as they love others. You know, this is the great thing that as the Lord is so, it's true for all of us in this room who have uh, children. We're always delighted and we always, it's so warming to our heart to see our children when they get along. As we love them, we see them loving one another. It's a wonderful thing to see. You see, no one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us. And His love is perfected in us. It is, oh, the love of God for us is completed in us as we're loving others. This is this grand mystery we find in loving God and then loving others to experience again the perfected love of God in us. You want to have deep, great satisfaction and warmth in your heart. Love God and love other people and the love of God will fill you. Not hatred. Not bitterness. Not unforgiveness. Not hatefulness. Rudeness. Arrogance. Christians love because they're loved by God. They know God. Uh, they experience additional love from God. Their love is perfected. The love of God is perfected as they love. Christians are liars about love for others when they hate others. You're lying if you hate some. If you say you love people and you hate people, you're a liar. You're not telling the truth. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, I, I love God, it's just these other people I can't take. Oh, I love God. Oh, I can just be alone and worship God out there at the lake. But oh, when I get around these people, it's just aggravating. Yeah, they're just as sinful as you are. When you get around them, it reminds you of how sinful you are. I love God and, I, and he hates his brother. He's a liar for the one, who, the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. I love God, but I've never seen him but I hate the ones I see. This is John reminding us of the danger of loving in word only and carrying in our heart hatred for someone else. The saddest thing I've seen in my ministry life is people die with hatred for somebody that's never resolved. They die hateful, bitter people. I hope you don't want to die like that. I hope you want to resolve your differences with people. And out of love, try to do everything you can to be at peace with other people. Some people aren't going to cooperate, but you love them anyway. You don't love them because they cooperate. You love them because of it's the love of God in us as we love people. This is a very important lesson for us all in these days in which we live. 
Christians are commanded by the Lord Jesus that those who love God will also love their brothers. This is the commandment we have from Him, that the one who loves God should love his brother. This is the standard. If I love God, then I should also love this. They go together. This is what the Lord's trying to say here to this lawyer who is testing him. These two things go together. They are linked together. Love of God and love of neighbor. Enemy neighbor, brother neighbor. Christians have been commanded from the beginning, as we saw earlier, to love God. Now in 2 John 1.5, Now I ask you, lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one which we've had from the beginning. See, this was from the beginning of the church, from the beginning of the gathering of God's people. In the last of His sayings to His disciples, this is the new commandment I give you. Love one another. The Lord's new commandment for His people is loving one another. That we love one another, and this love that we walk, and this is love that we walk according to His commandments. And this love, and this, and this is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, that you should walk in it. And Christians who love their neighbor fulfill the law of God. Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another, for he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. Now, things to remember. I've done something here on the outline that I just, I want to use 1 Corinthians 13 for a test. Because 1 Corinthians 13 is our measuring stick for uh, evaluating our own personal love. And so I've taken... Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7, and I've divided into two kinds of two issues. Uh, loving your enemies, your neighbor enemies. In some of your minds, they have a name. You have an enemy. Why do you have an enemy? Why would Christians have enemies? Now I'm talking about if you have some way to do something about it. Why would you have an enemy? Do everything we can to make things right. If someone doesn't want to make it right, you've still done everything you can to make it right. Well, what do you do with your enemies? You love them patiently. What is real love, Pastor Mike? It's not this emotional thing that people... It's not romantic. This is not romance that we're talking about here. It's agape love. It's sacrificial love. It is... Love as God has shown to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's just pick your enemy out. Set them before your mind, him or her, or them. Love them patiently. That's what you do with your enemies. You love them patiently, even though they keep hating on you. Love them kindly, even though they're unkind to you. Love without jealousy. Love without bragging. Well, look what I'm doing. Boy, look how I'm putting it out there. I'm really a great Christian. Love without arrogance. Look how much better I am than they are because I'm showing love. Love without seeking selfish recognition. Look at me, God. I'm loving my enemy. Love without being provoked. Love without taking account when you're hurt by others. Love never rejoicing in unrighteousness. 
If something happens to your enemy, do you rejoice in their misfortunes? Love rejoicing with the truth. And love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And love endures all things. Bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring. Well, the same is true as we think about our love for brethren. We have to put up with one another. We have to love one another who are part of the body of Christ. We gather in this place and we have a responsibility to, to express love to one another patiently. We're to love each other. We're to be patient with each other. We're to be kind with one another. We're not to show jealousy and party spirit and we're not to brag and live in arrogance and seek our own selfish recognition but to find our ways to serve one another and do it, as the Lord said, quietly, secretly. Why do you have to tell anybody? What did our Lord teach us about the importance of doing what He's called us to do? Beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them, otherwise you have your reward. To one another here in our church, Love them without taking account when you're hurt by them. Don't mark it down. Well, you know what? They said this, they did this, so I'm going to mark that down. No. Love covers a multitude of sins. We just we look, we look over it. Because somebody did the same for us. Love never rejoices in unrighteousness. And that includes with our own brothers and sisters in Christ. Love rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. You know, sometimes in my family and my friends will say to me that I'm a little naive. I like to be a naive person, actually. Uh, it's better to be naive than to be an angry, bitter old person and be suspicious of everybody. Love is thinking the best of someone. Even when someone comes to you, why they do, I don't know, but this is the joy that goes on in the church. Someone's going to tell you how, how sorry somebody else has been. You have a choice in how you deal with that. By the way, now they put it on Facebook, now they text it, now they... So however it gets out there, in their Sunday school class or in their little prayer groups, Will you believe the best about someone when they're attacked or will you believe the worst? This has caused great harm in the church because we don't love each other according to the command of the Word of God. We love our friends. We hope all things. And we endure all things. When you love somebody, you put up with them. And that means if you're loving them, somebody's loving you, and they're putting up with you. Praise God. I'm so thankful for all of you putting up with me. Thank you for doing that. Include me on the love list. Put up with me. Because I'm putting up with you. This is love. This is what the Lord calls us to do. Those who will one day spend eternity together should learn to love one another now. God's people have many things 
in them that make us love them. How can you not love Shauna up here doing what she's doing? You know what I'm talking about? How can you not love this woman? Did anybody want to say amen? Are you even in here? I got only a few people in here, folks. I got like five people in here tonight. Well, I'll say it. Praise God. Thank you, Shauna. Your voice is a blessing to us. God's, I'm using Shauna not to embarrass her. I'm just excited. Or we find someone else in our church who does their ministry. It's the joy of seeing God's people be God's people makes us love them. That's what it's supposed to be. We love them as we see them do their work, as, we do, as they do their ministry, as they serve other people, as they care about people in the name of Jesus. We love God's people because there are lovely things to love about them rather than the way you were trained in your flesh to pick them apart, to attack them, and to criticize them. I remember one time speaking uh, through, going through 1 Corinthians 13, and a person in our church came and was very upset and said, why are you preaching all this time on loving other people in the church? Well, <laughs> because we need to do that. This person was very offended. But you know, I learned this lesson a long time ago. If you see a pack of dogs somewhere and you throw a rock in the pack of dogs, the one that you hit's the one that's going to yelp. You just go home and think about that tonight. I'm just here to try to teach the Word of God and seek to live by it myself. I'm no better than anybody else. I'm Brother Mike. But God's people have many things in them that make us love them. I want to be around them. Sometimes people say, well, how can you, how can you do that as a pastor and put up with all those people? Because the answer is there are many wonderful things that make you love God's people when you're around them. Continue to love the brethren, even in hard and difficult times. That's why in Hebrews 13, Paul says, let the love of brethren continue. He's saying that to a group of Jewish Christians who are about to give up and quit. They were losing their homes. They were losing their property. Because they professed Jesus Christ in the earliest days of the church. We love our neighbor in loving thoughts. You know, when I love somebody, I, I think the best about them. We love somebody in loving words. I say the best about them. We love our neighbor with loving desires. I hope the best for them. And we love our neighbor with loving actions, thoughts, words, and desires. I wish the best for you all. May the Lord bless you. May He strengthen you. And when we say these words to one another, they come from hearts of love for one another. So what do we do tonight as we finish? Ask yourself, do I really love my neighbor enemy? Do I really? Am I fulfilling what the Lord Jesus said to do? Pray for your enemies and love them. Loving our neighbor who is our enemy. Ask yourself, do I really love my neighbor brother or sister? Well, how do you show that? How are you expressing love to them? 
And then we come to this very important matter. I've had to deal with this all day long in my own life today, just speaking to the Lord to be able to prepare to speak about this. Confess your lack of love for those who you hate or you have a cold heart toward them. You're not warm-hearted toward them. You have a cold heart. You must ask yourself, why, why is your heart cold? Because they didn't live up to your expectations? Because they've done something or said something hurtful, so have we. We've all done the same. Confess, our, confess it. We must confess our sin at this point. I'm going to again read it to you, what the Lord said here. <clears throat> the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You shall. You shall. Not you ought to. Maybe you could work. You shall. Love. The follower of Jesus Christ shall love his or her neighbor as him or herself. Ask God to show you His great love for you so that you can show that love to your neighbor. And remember this. How does Paul conclude 1 Corinthians? Love never fails. What do we need as God's people? We need to put these two things together, my dear friends. It's a call to Christian obedience. And the center, the foundation of a call to Christian obedience lays on these two foundational acts of obedience. Love God with all, with all of your heart and with your soul and with your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Well, may the Lord give us wisdom in the hearing of His Word. And God bless you all for being here tonight. And those of you who joined us, may the Lord bless you. We love you all. And we love one another, and may the Lord increase and strengthen our love for one another until Jesus comes. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God. Tonight we've just tried to hear what John the Apostle would teach us as he learned from the Lord Jesus about the love that we're to show for one another. May we be, as a church, a people who the love of the brethren grows and continues and is fervent and warm. May there be a love. May we have a love that's expressed. May we have best thoughts. May we have best desires for one another in the family of God. And we love our enemies because we pray for them to be saved. We pray for them to be reconciled to you and reconciled to us. As much as we can do our part, we seek to do it and make things right but we pray for those who are enemies to the gospel, who are haters of God and haters of the Lord Jesus Christ. For Lord, you have said to us, if they hate me, they will hate you. So we pray for our world in these times of deep and bitter hatred for one another, for nation to nation, families. It's in so many places, Lord. May we rise up as your people in the midst of the darkness and may we shine our light of loving others, our neighbor as ourself, to glorify God. In His name we pray, amen. Well, God bless you. Good to see all of you who are here. And uh, we hope to see you Sunday. And may the Lord bless you. Stay well and glad you could come out in the blizzard tonight and be with us. And I hope you can dig your way out to your car on the way out the door. God bless you.
Have a great week. Y'all take care of yourselves. Sean, I mean to embarrass you, but I could have said about Levi. Could have said about, I mean. All right. All of you behave yourselves now. (laughs) Put your coats on. Be good. Gail, put your coat on.